Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey, everyone. We're Carol and David, and we're so excited to welcome you to our podcast. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And you know, David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are, and you know we love talking and learning about everything related to sex and sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure. We love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown, and we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because great sex matters, and we all deserve it. We sure do. So before we get into today's show, um, I just want to point out that today is a super special show for us. It seems like... It was just yesterday that we began our podcast, and now today we're celebrating our fourth anniversary, and today is our 250th episode. Our show is now heard by over a million people in 69 countries, and its success is not about us. It's about the 400 amazing, educated, and genuine guests who have taken time out of their busy schedules to talk to and teach us about so many topics all related to everything sexy. So Carol and I really and sincerely want to thank you for letting us into your homes and hopefully you've heard something over the last four years that has encouraged you to add a little or a lot more spice into your relationship and sex life. Wishing you all a happy, healthy, horny and safe new year. Now on with our special fourth anniversary show. 2021 brings us hope and a return to normalcy. With the availability of vaccines against the coronavirus, but what about the long-term effects of isolation, quarantine, and social distancing? What, how are they affecting our relationships and sex life? On today's show, we're going to be talking about the post-COVID era and a reintegration plan of action that's going to help us emerge from lockdown and regain intimacy in our lives and our relationships. Absolutely. We can only hope and we have an amazing guest with us today. But first, we want to take a moment to talk about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex. But nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot. If you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer, and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. It sure does, and so does today's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we are uber excited to welcome today's special guest. We have sex educator Dr. Carrie O'Neill, and she's a sex and relationship positive sexual wellness coach, and she's here with us today with her partner, Tom. All right, Tom, Carrie, Carrie, Tom, welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy days uh, for being here today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. We're excited to be here. Yeah, we're looking forward to it as well. Let's just get started here with a little bit of information about how COVID-19 changed your life in 2020. Well, professionally, I saw more clients this year than I ever have. And yes, swingers still seem to be swinging despite COVID protocols. Mm -hmm. People really want their relationships to be meaningful. And that was by far and away the core element to my practice in this past year. Yeah, but what about you? What about you two? Like, have you driven each other crazy? Did anybody hit someone? Like, did you did you need (laughs) more orgasms? Like, like sexually, (laughs) how did you guys behave? Well, I'll tell you personally, our sex became scheduled okay. um, because once the stress and duress of COVID subsided and we realized we were all still going to be here, when every day became like Groundhog Day, mm-hmm. the same day over and over, we had to schedule sex. And let me tell you, the minute my daughter was out of the house at 9 o'clock on Saturday, Tom opened the uh, Bloody, Bloody Mary, Mary bar. I put on the sexy music. We, we, we picked a genre of music. We dressed the part. It was intoxication and food and sensuality. And we busted ass at 3 o'clock to get cleaned up before she came home. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a fair sex all over again. That's amazing. I mean, we've, we, we've been working from home for a long time, but our best sex is in the afternoon as well. Mm-hmm. 
And one thing that we've noticed, and Tom, you can you can tell me about Carrie. Carol's orgasms have gotten bigger and stronger and longer. And I don't know why it is, but during COVID, our sex life has really gotten much, much better. And More um, intense, I think. In Great right? Sex Matters yeah. at the end, we'll talk a little bit about some of the things we've done, adding role play and stuff in. But have you not noticed that Carrie has gotten a little more sexual and naughty? Oh, absolutely. She, she's, she's always been really juicy and, and exciting. But I think uh, COVID has allowed her to really blossom in that way. Wow. You know, I'm going to tell you, the ability to focus for New Year's Eve, I told Tom, I am thrilled that I don't have to take all the energy and the effort for the what and the what and the hairdo, and I can just be me and we can just be two people. I've actually really enjoyed the quiet of COVID. Huh, interesting. Very, That's very, very interesting. cool. Very cool. And we're going to talk about your ability to squirt a little bit later, Carrie. You and Carol can have a discussion. We'll talk about that in Great Sex Matters. But let's get back to your professional life. And, um, you know, um, it's so important for everybody out there. And I mentioned, you know, the 400 guests we've had on our show. We've had amazing educators over the last four years. And you what got you into sex education? Because it's not that field that you say as a little girl, oh, I want to go become a doctor, I want to become a nurse. It, it, there must have been something, this, this motivating factor that got you into wanting to teach other people about sex, let alone sex in the alt- alternative lifestyle and swinging. Right. I come from the era where there was the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sexologist was not on the radar, but um, my own personal story is I had an axe to grind. My childhood got hijacked by a sexual predator when I was in when I was young. Then my 20-year mostly sexless marriage ended in divorce. Um, you know what? When all of that was passed, I set out to find my own sexual self, sex on my terms, and by the end of that journey, I became a professional sexologist with credentials and a dissertation on sexual well-being because I wanted to figure it out. You know, it's it's so cool that you say that because um, we're on our second marriage, and Carol made um, a, a promise to herself when we got divorced. Okay, when we got divorced, you mean... When we got together... Not when we got divorced. Cause no, no, we, no, we're married. <laughs> I know. We're married. When we, You're confusing me, David. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and everybody out there knows that our exes are married to each other, right. and that's before we became swingers. Yeah. But so it, it you was mean about that, honesty. Yeah, you mean that when we got together, mm-hmm. yes, after our divorces, we got together, and I made a promise to David that we would always be honest with each other, with our feelings, with how uh, we work, how we don't work, and... Um, I learned from my past marriage that it doesn't work when you hide things and you're not honest and you don't talk about everything that you want to talk about because I was also in a sexless marriage and it's so much more fun when you can just talk about it and do it and make yourself feel good. Right. I'll tell you, the work we do uh, at Dr. Carrie O'Neill is really mission-based. We like to say we change lives and the legacies that are watching them. I Honestly, I spent most of my life feeling broken. Mm-hmm. And in my own journey, I thought, after I've prepared and found my way, if at all I could ever create a space for somebody to find their voice and their value, that's what I was going to do. And that's why I made it into a professional practice, even though my background is mechanical engineering. (laughs) Very cool. Very, very cool. Well, physiology is sometimes too mechanical. (laughs) It's mechanical also, yeah. Well, without getting too personal, and I'm not sure if it's painful, can you share a little bit about the trauma that you experienced as a child? Uh, Sure. Um, Probably for a different, longer podcast, but from 6 to 17, sex abuse is a child in my home. Mm. And that is a really long time Mm. to... uh, affect all kinds of human development, certainly how you feel about yourself and how you behave. And if anybody learned that sex was about power, it was me. Mm. Um, So on the wrong end of that stick as a child, once I came into my um, teen years, teen through college, sex is about power. And so I I was very promiscuous and I was wanting to have sex, what felt like on my terms, I'm going to run it. I'm going to be the one I'm gonna. And, and that was okay. Uh, I could see where I was trying to take it back, but, um, anyway, sex has always been about power and the journey all along the way has been learning how to, 
how to heal that. But I guess the better answer to your question about how I've dealt is a lot of processing, introspection, and tears, yeah. <laughs> uh, educating myself, 12-step programs, therapeutic, uh, traditional therapies, and non-traditional, and brain science. Mm. Brain science is what turned the corner for me. Wow, that is very, very cool. Uh, I mean, it's so sad to hear, but I'm really happy that you were able to get through it. Now, you have then come full circle, kind of, where you've actually she swung evolved. all the way around. <laughs> she, yeah, I was going to say, the pendulum has swung to the other side, because I know you even, uh, in your practice, you've made headlines called Ex-Mormon Swingers. And um, tell us a little bit about how you got there in your career. Okay. Um, well, I have never been an ex-Mormon, nor have I been a Mormon. Um, but it was the ex-Mormon swinger that put my practice on the map. Okay. Kind of strange. You couldn't have put me in a room for six months to come up with that avatar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I actually came across one when I was doing a survey on sexual confidence. And it was in the discussion with him that he confided in me some of the struggles he was having in the lifestyle and jealousy and some things inner, uh, inner work, inner game, as I say. He became a client. Then he brought his wife in. Then they brought their friends in. And the next thing you know, um, I became the go-to practitioner for where to bring your hopes and your problems when it comes to alternative lifestyles. Wow. So, okay. Carrie, so that I sorry, I didn't understand that before because I, I thought the headline was that you were the ex-Mormon swinger. So I guess not. Sorry about fi mixing that up. So your clients are the ones that made you um, the the pro, the go-to person for the, any ex-Mormons who want to be swinging. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, one of my most popular podcasts is why the ex-Mormon seeks sex coaching. But it's really not just about them, and I don't have any issue with ex-Mormons. I live in Salt Lake City, so it is a very vibrant subculture here. Mm -hmm. The ex-Mormon swinger, yes, it is. Um, but it could be anyone who's coming out of a staunch sex-negative religious background. But I'll tell you about the ex-Mormon. The ex-Mormon, they have existential grief, and they have jetpacks of exuberance. The minute they leave their religion of origin, Mormonism, they experiment with sex and substance, mm -hmm. and both of those can go upside down fast. It's right, so it's right. so um, understandable. I mean, we've been swingers now 13 years, and we have come across many ex-Mormon people mm -hmm. who are swingers. Not only are they swingers, but a few of them are leaders in the community because they wanted a voice like yourself to talk to people and talk about the benefits of not, not necessarily swinging, but opening up your mind and having um, a more um, open sex life, open sexuality life. And sometimes it, it does come into an open relationship and swinging. But I mean, there's probably 20 or 30 couples we know who um, lived in Salt Lake City, who were Mormons, who are still there, or who have now moved out and um, enjoyed um, this beautiful lifestyle that we live in, which you don't necessarily need to swing. But being around open minded people, we believe allows you to have a much more fulfilling sex life. You bet by far and away, my clients come from two camps. They eat, there are those that know what their sticking points are and what keeps them stuck or not from moving forward. And then I call them the sexual experimenters. They don't have to have a title, swinger, lifestyle, but they are branching out, they're experimenting, they're trying new things, and just a little bit of skill and some inner work can go a really long way. Yeah, it's very interesting too that, and I'm happy that a lot of people are are coming to you and uh, seeking help and finding new ways of enjoying their sex lives. And I know that you also, I mean, you're an educator, but you also have some videos that you post, and we'll talk a little bit more about your videos, but there's three different topics of videos that you offer that people can buy. And I know the one that we're going to talk about later is about squirting. Um, but what about that sex positive event essential video that you talk about? Tell us about that one. So... That's that that has become a cult favorite, and I know so much more about technology now. I'm I want to redo it, but um, long story short, 
it's my business to be in a lot of different sexual communities. So I know leaders from, from kink fetish, swing, poly. I, this is my, I just enjoy those people in those communities. I called the meeting because there was somebody with money and a piece of real estate in town. And everybody's looking to have a place to have parties, right? We can't all be at Hedo for 10 oh, right. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Darn. So, so I, I said, hey, I just made a couple of phone calls. The next thing you know, we're meeting. And while we're waiting for this person with the assets and the real estate to come in, all the different leaders from the communities were kibitzing. And somebody saying, you wouldn't believe what happened at my event the other night. Rag, rag, rag. And then somebody else said, well, you should have heard and seen what happened at mine. And I was fascinated by this because as a sex educator, I know that kink communities, man, they have rules. They have rules. And if you don't follow them, you get kicked out of the dungeon. I was shocked that they would have poor behavior. Anyway, all to say, somebody said, I just wish someone would teach a class about how to act and what to expect. I raised my hand. I said, I will do that for you. And it's become a cult fave. There's a couple of communities that make it required watching before you even come to an event. And it's changed the behavior across the board. That's very, awesome. Very Can cool. we do that in the general public, please? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know what? We are, Tom and I are cooking up. Uh, that has been such a great uh, reviewed and response from people, we are going to make um, a set of classes about how to get ready, right? Because we're going to be out post-COVID era is coming soon. And I know people are going to want to get out and swing again. So why not make a pack of, um, what do we call it? Sex positive resort essentials. What to expect, how to prep for it, sex savvy with multiple, how to close the deal when you're there, yeah. how to navigate the next morning conversation in case things didn't go well for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. Wow. So, so before we take a quick break, and, and we're going to talk about your and Tom's swinging sex life experiences a little bit later in Great Sex Matters, but I want to ask Tom, when did you guys meet, and do you find yourself a little overwhelmed by being and having sex with someone who's so intelligent? No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm overwhelmed. I've I've always been attracted to beautiful, smart women. That doesn't turn me off uh, in the least. In fact, it's it's a uh, it's something that attracted me to to Carrie. And and how did we meet? We met on OK Cupid and. You know, funny story. I, I got to learn right away that when we we were uh, flirting on OKCupid okay and started to go on a couple of dates, Carrie shared with me that she had a spreadsheet of all of her, her you know would be suitors that she would keep track of in the conversations and the dates. And that's smart. That's smart dating. I kind of wanted to keep it straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but uh, so so that's how we met. You know, I had uh, I was coming out of my divorce after a 20 year, mostly sexless marriage. And, and uh, I was dating a lot of women before I met Carrie and each and every one of them had some kind of a sexual dysfunction, whether they were, you know, they couldn't masturbate or, you know, they, they just had issues around sex. And, and, you know, after not having sex for so long, I wanted to, I, I was attracted to people who really had some skills in the bedroom. And, and so, yeah, it's, fun. it's funny. I tell a story on Carrie that, you know, uh, early on in our courtship, uh, we're in her bedroom and she says, uh, hey, wait right here, Tom. And she sneaks into her closet and she comes back out and she's got uh, a suitcase on rollers that she's bringing into the bedroom. And oh, my God, it's full of sex toys. Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> we could be friends with you guys. <laughs> And I thought, okay, I think I've hit the jackpot. <laughs> I'd say, absolutely. Now, now, Tom, were you in the lifestyle before you and Carrie met? You know, that's a, that's an interesting story. I wouldn't call it uh, the lifestyle. I, um, so in my mid-20s, I was living in Chicago. And Chicago was kind of a playground for young people. You know, all the college graduates from the Midwest kind of come to Chicago for jobs and they they live on the lakefront and it's really vibrant. And, uh, you know, your primary avenue, you know, is trying to meet women and get laid and, and all of that. And, and so 
I had some experiences in my 20s where I, I met a, a sexy girl. She was my girlfriend. She loved sex. I love sex. We both love variety. And we started to, to play around with threesomes and foursomes. And, you know, back then we didn't call it lifestyle or swinging, but Just that's exactly what we were doing. And, and <laughs> we really enjoyed the time we had together. And we encouraged each other to have new sexual experiences. It was it was pretty hot. Yay, absolutely. Cool. And Carrie, when did you become into the lifestyle or a swinger? It was part of that renaissance after the 20-year mostly sexless marriage. Mm. Um, I started dating a man who was lifestyle savvy. And after some talking, you know how those talking conversations go right. with prepping, uh, we went to a lifestyle resort and oh, holy cow mm. for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, holy cow. That I mean... There's a lot to say. You get, you can get a lifetime worth of sexual experience in four days, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, it changed everything for me. I realized that women don't have to apologize for liking sex. Yeah. Women can like sex. Yeah. People like women who like sex and allow themselves to be pleasured. I mean, I had to come apart by the second day, just moved by how meaningful pleasure can be in and how I don't have to apologize for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Fantastic. That is so amazing. Yeah. yeah we're just going to take a second to uh, remind everybody that we are Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we're talking with sex educator Dr. Carrie O'Neill and her partner, Tom. So stay right there. We'll be right back. So, you know, people have been asking us, what's changed after four years of doing the podcast? Well, a lot has. But to be honest, the orgasm gap still remains a challenge for many couples. You know what I'm talking about. Men tend to finish before their female partners. You've heard us talk about Promescent for years. Their urologist-developed FDA-compliant delay spray can help men last up to 64% longer without loss of sensation. And it's great because Promescent is quickly absorbed into the penis and it doesn't transfer to your partner. And speaking of your partner, I think we can all agree that sometimes women, even when alone, still have challenges around reaching orgasm. So now, Promescent has created a female arousal gel. I love it. It's a clitoral stimulant that she can rub into her clitoris for increased pleasure and a lot more satisfaction during pretty much any type of sexual activity that you can think of. Absolutely. So now they've got promescent delay spray for him and arousal gel for her. So basically, they're closing the orgasm gap on both sides. And remember to check out their amazing lubes as well. Yeah, trust us. Try these amazing products and you'll thank us later. Seriously, just write to us at ask at carolandavid.com and tell us how it went. So try Promescent today. Just go to the website www.promescent.com. That's P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T dot com. Yeah, and now, and especially for a limited time, if you enter Sexy Lifestyle 15, you'll get 15% off every order. And remember, tell your friends too, that's Sexy Lifestyle 15 for 15% off. All right, we're back. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we just want to take a moment to remind you about our new partnership with altplayground.net. That's altplayground.net. If you're looking for a sexy, erotic, and open-minded online community to find compatible people and events in your area, then you should join altplayground.net. It's an amazing lifestyle site that's expanding daily and includes lots of amazing lifestyle resources that will connect you to other open-minded, sexy, and erotic people like us. Go check it out today. That's altplayground.net. All righty. You know we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And now it's time to get back to our show. And we're chatting with sex and relationships positive sexual wellness coach. Oh, my God. That's a mouthful. Dr. Carrie O'Neill and her partner, Tom. Uh, so, guys, we're going to be talking in this segment all about the post-COVID era. But let's first talk a little bit about the COVID era 2020. And I just want your opinion on whether you feel that the pandemic has caused trauma in some relationships. Yes. Um, COVID has either re-traumatized people who have been traumatized growing up, or it's traumatized them in new ways. It's brought up... Uh, survival issues for everyone on any number of avenues and I'll tell you I my viewpoint is traumatized people don't have a lot of bandwidth to add to their relationships and um, so not only are they working at some level of capacity 
while they're trying to navigate relationships, including relationships with their children. But um, you know what? I also like to say what's in the well comes up in the bucket. Mm. And if they were already having issues that they were just ignoring by being out in the world and being busy in the world, COVID and quarantine has brought you right up close with those elephants in your living room. Yeah. Now, 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 Carrie, you know, we've mentioned a couple of times on the show the word stress. And obviously, COVID has added a lot of stress into people's lives, into their relationships, into their bedroom. Do you find that you're seeing more people coming in looking for assistance on dealing with stress versus what you saw before the pandemic? Oh, sure. I actually saw suicide in my practice, and I never get those cases. The second quarter of this year, I probably referred more people to um, Al-Anon and AA than I ever never have, because that's just not generally the wheelhouse I get involved in. But it's quite difficult to deal with sex and relationships while you have other, what I'm going to call poor behavior, going on in your day in, day out life. So we get your regular patterns of behavior stabilized to be healthy, then you have more bandwidth to work on things like sexual skills, relationship dynamics, communication. Now we were talking in the first segment about how you guys during the pandemic have scheduled sex because you had to do it because there's you know, kids, kids in, in the, the house. house. We were talking about you know how we have really added some spice into our sex life, but how does stress affect people's sex life? Ah, it's the first thing that goes. Um, so there's external stress, people losing jobs, people not knowing where their political candidate and taxes and money and economic, uh, all this stuff, right? Hits right up against your personal identity. And when you're not sure about who you are, it's extremely hard to hold healthy space in the bedroom. I'm not saying you can't get hard or juicy and get your rocks off, but if you're talking about real intimacy, which is exactly what people need when they're under stress and duress. Yeah. They need real yeah. connection. They need to be plugged into beyond just their genitals. They need to know that their partner gets them and believes them and has their back. Wow, yeah, I, I guess I guess people um, are, you know, maybe like you're saying, they're having sex, but in the back of their mind, they're worried about the pandemic. They're worried about their job. They're worried about some all the things going on around them. And they're not getting into it. And that intimacy, that sensuality, that romance might be missing a little bit. And the other partner for sure feels it. How would that partner like bring it up saying, hey, bud, you know, it doesn't seem like you're into it today. Well, that is a great way to start right there. Start where you can with what you can say and say, how about we stop Let's stop going through the motions. I just really could use being held right now. I could use being understood. I could use being in the space of the fact that we're both scared the hell out and we don't know what's going to happen. And I'm telling you what, sometimes touching and crying and expressing those feelings can be the most intimate thing a couple could ever do. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, and now, so now that we've just sort of established some of the um, traumas and stress and stuff, what it's caused in 2020, well, hopefully with the vaccine, and now we're looking forward to a positive year. What are the things, well, what does that look like to you? What does that post-COVID era look like to you? I feel, um, I feel like lifestyle or some form of open relationship is going to go logarithmic. Oh. I think time in quarantine and looking at yourself and looking at your relationships, you're getting real about life can change on a dime. And now people are really grappling. They're not using these words, but this is what they're grappling with. (laughs) Duration of relationship versus depth of relationship. I don't think after quarantine, I don't think after COVID, anybody wants to say, I've been married 35 years. Mm -hmm. 32 of them have been hell, not happy or great, but Mark it on the mm-hmm. mark it on the tally, thirty-five. I don't think people care about that anymore. What they want is the depth of the relationship and the meaning. And um, I think we're going to see more more interest in that. Now, the better question is, 
do I think people have the skills to do that? <laughs> I, I think that's going to be the real challenge of 2021 is developing the skills to have hard conversations, developing the skills to see what it is that they want and need and find a voice for it. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, um, recognizing the issues is the number one step. So we talked about some of the causes, um, but how can you recognize those issues and actually come out and say that to your partner? Like, I think this is what's going on. Do we need a professional or can we just talk about it? How can we do that? Uh, Well, one is if you're listening to this podcast right now, and you're sensing a lump in your throat or some squeezing on your chest, get your pencil out and write it down because you already know it. You already know some of those areas. Um, That's with the dynamics with the relationship. I have been contemplating, um, I've been contemplating a reintroduction plan into the wild (laughs) post-COVID. I think COVID has not only um, changed with stress and duress, I hit on that, but it's changed who we are. Uh, We had to shut our social lives down. We had to say no. We had to not dream. We had to not want because it wasn't available. So just like uh, wildlife being reintroduced into the wild, Mm -hmm. they have reintroduction plans that they develop for the the animals so that the animal can thrive, um, definitely survive once it's put back in the wild. I think we're the same way. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So I've been playing with that because even I have let my skills on a number of things slide. Uh, So from a sexual perspective, I think, um, I think, getting in touch with your own body and quit being so numbed out like we have had to be to survive. Getting in touch with your own body, I think getting in touch with your five senses, I have a written piece on that. But just noticing what do you smell? What do you hear? What can you see? What can you taste? Just getting back into your own body would be step number one for everybody uh, because you can't connect with another person's body until you connect with yours. Um, but to answer your question more directly, Carol, how do you know what you don't know after we've been numbed out for 10 months? Yeah. 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 I really like um, a yes, no, maybe list. Have you heard of that? Yes. Yeah, you can explain yeah. it to our audience. So they, there's a number of different varieties. Google can lead you to all of them. But I think by far and away, the most thorough one is the one by Scarletine. It covers all kinds of dynamics. And I said to Tom, I, I generally have a pretty wide buffet of sexual skills. But in 10 months, mm-hmm. I've gotten mm-hmm. rusty because I know what he likes. I know what I like. So now we're down to 10 or 12 standards you know <laughs> I, get so I, said, yeah, go I get that yeah so yeah. i said i'm gonna i'm gonna go through the yes no maybe list and i'm gonna rate uh-huh. myself <laughs> how rusty am i uh how rusty or do i want to revisit something or can we renegotiate something yeah so i think that's actually a really fun tool i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you a tool that we've learned a couple of years ago and because of binge watching and netflix and amazon prime and all that we spend time in front of the tv and we just watch and watch and watch. And we found that it was taking some of our sexual pleasure out of our day. So we now have what we call commercial sex or in-between episode sex. <laughs> so if there, if I'm watching a hockey game and a commercial comes on, Carol will give me a blowjob. And she gives me the blowjob until the commercial ends and we stop. Then we go back and we watch TV. And next time, I lick her pussy and lick her clit, and you're not allowed coming. It's just about a little bit of all-day foreplay. I don't so, know if you're not allowed coming, but usually in that time frame, it's not going to happen. Like, I'm just saying. So so now, if we're watching Netflix and we're watching a bunch of episodes, well, between episodes, we stop, and we have a little 90-second um, sexual fun, yeah, yeah. and then we go on. No, but it, one of the things that I thought was funny last week. It would be fun. It would be fun. So last week we were doing this, uh, or maybe it was yesterday. I don't remember. Time flies. And so the commercial came on. So it was my turn. I'm going down on David. And then I look up. I go, D- you paused it. He goes, yep. I go, what the fuck? That's not playing by the rules. <laughs> he says, no, no, I really, this I is feeling it. so good. I thought that was funny because that wasn't part of our rules, but that was really funny. It is. But, you know, there's so many cool ah, things. Yeah. There's so many cool things 
um, couples or people, whether they're single or um, in a relationship, can do. They just have to be able to look outside what the same old, same old was. And it could be role play. We've done a lot of that in um, uh, during the, the pandemic. We've had sex on the kitchen counter. We've had sex while we're making cookies. And it's not about going to the end and both of you having these mind-blowing orgasms. It's just about adding a little spice to the relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And sometimes, um, even after, even before COVID, on a hard week when I can't think straight, um, I tell me what to do. So we have lots of different board games. Screw the board game. I take the cards, the action cards, uh, shuffle them, pick four, throw them on the bed, put together a scene. I'm like, okay, game on, babe. Right. Oh, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in for 10 minutes yeah. and I'm going to do all these things. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then yeah. he picks something. You know, there yeah. are a lot of things, but when you are not thinking you don't think so. It's right. good to have it written down somewhere. Yeah. The nine one one. And yeah. th- and Tom, have you um, allowed yourself yourself to be the I'm doing it. You go. You lie there, and I will take care of you. And no, you can't use your hands. You can't use anything. This is all about me doing you. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the difficult things about being with Dr. O'Neill is I don't want to take the lead anymore. I want somebody to fucking throw me down yeah. and be the man. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. And then, you know, your skills are probably not as rusty as you think. I can't wait to hear what your results are. <laughs> okay. And I'm sorry, Tom, that was your question. But... No, that was a softball. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way. So getting back to our... No, no, no. I want um, Tom's answer. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Tom. You're going to oh, say no, what I... it, we've just covered. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, what's been fun about my relationship with Carrie is that it's it's very collaborative and we, we get a chance to, to, you know, seep into all those different roles, you know, dominant, sub, um, and, and just have fun with the different elements of what those roles can bring to our, our sex life. Yeah, absolutely. And so those people who have um, suffered, I would say, suffered from the COVID stress, etc. Those are things that they can do too, and just get relief from the everyday crisis that's going on around them. Lighten and, up their life. And yeah. get involved in the story, like you said, just, just make that 10 minutes or half an hour of the storytelling and get role playing and enjoy your partner and, and get whatever pleasure you can out of it. And you know, there's people out there who are saying, what the fuck, how am I going to come up with these ideas? Well, that's what porn is for. No, porn (laughs) is not about learning how to have sex. Porn is entertainment. It's to open up discussion, open up dialogue. So put on porn and just look at, you know, what's trending today. You want to have, you know, two people. If you want to pretend there's another guy there, if you want to pull out a a, a dildo and add it into your, your sexual fun, if you want to know what it's like to have sex in the kitchen, just watch a porn with your partner you're not going to get through the whole thing. You're going to say, okay, let's try it. You know you're not going to do as they're doing on the, the porn video because they are actors and everything is, is staged, staged yeah. and set. But you can try it. You can have fun. You can laugh. And if it doesn't work, try it again. And just use porn for what it is. It's for entertainment. You know, if I could add to that, um, two things I'm hearing. One is sometimes people just can't, Right. So that's when those hard conversations, and I hope we have a chance to talk about that. I have an idea for hard conversations. So getting past this hurdle of feeding your juicy, that really does, you need to figure that one out, inner game work um, and inner game with your partner work. But might I say, for the person that porn is not an okay go-to, I advocate for audible erotica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Audible erotica because you can be on a car trip, you can be cleaning the basement, you can be wherever you are, either together or alone. You could be taking a bath together, engrossed in a story, using your brain and your imagination. And when you start to fire more than just your eyeballs, such as with porn, not to mention that it really can stir a lot of things for people in a negative way, but when you're adding your brain and your senses and your imagination and your partner is, 
Aha ha, now we're going to start cooking with grease. Absolutely, absolutely. So continue your discussion then. You tell us that you have uh, some other things that you want to talk about and how to get to that hard conversation. Right. So um, I think the psychology and the skill, is, the psychology is about the skill of how you can create things. So not only do I work with sex, sexual skill sets, sexual shame, sexual trauma, but the psychology piece and the strategy of it is really core for people. Um, so hard as fuck conversation formula. <laughs> uh, the, it's become popular in recent years, hard AF, or maybe you see AF, it's yeah. an acronym for yeah. as fuck. So I came up with the hard AF conversation formula using the A to F process. Mm -hmm. uh, what it does, yeah, kind of a play on yeah. words, but um, when you're in the heat of it and you're upset, believe me, you're not thinking. So I make it really easy for you. The A to F process, it has two roles. It has the speaker and the listener's role. So you not only do you learn how to say hard things, but you learn how to hear them and how to process them. And it's not the middle finger, right? Uh, so A to F process in short is as the speaker, because you're the one who's got it, right? You're the one who's going to take the role because it's bubbling in you. A, list all the things you're afraid of. B, but because right, I want, so now list the things that you want to have happen. Then you do the C, and I'll give you an example, but then you do the C in conclusion. Here's the hard things. You know why that's magical? Is because when you as the speaker bookend for the listener, I am afraid, loving partner, to tell you what I'm about to say because I think you're going to be mad. I'm afraid this might be our undoing. I'm afraid you will lose respect for me. You're now putting the listener on all kinds of notice and they don't know where to go with this. Then you bookend it with the B. But because I love you, because I do believe in what we have created over the time we've been together. And because I want you to hear it from me before you hear it anywhere else, right? B, B, B. Now you've just said what you want out of it. So you just book into the message. But because I want all these things, I need to tell you this hard thing. So in conclusion, and you deliver it, in conclusion, I need to tell you, I've been lying about X, Y, Z. Boom, you just dropped it. Now the listener is grappling between both of these things. The A to F conversation formula gives the listener, and you can print this out. Um, I have a link on my website. Uh, you can print this out. So you actually can have a list of what the ABC is if you're the speaker and the DEF if you're the listener. Um, I, I recommend you practice on easy things first. But, <laughs> but the listener, what do you think the listener's going to do? Ah, I don't want it, right? They get mad. That's why you're afraid in the first place. But the D is, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be here. I don't like what I'm having to face, right? All the things. It's brain science. Now we're in the amygdala and we're taking an inventory of all of those things. And when you do that and you acknowledge, I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't even think I want to hear another minute, right? It settles the amygdala down. That's the uh, D. The E also bookends the e is for expansion and just like any good knot that you've had in a rope or a chain what do you do pull, it pull a little mm -hmm. over here pull a little there you move over here you keep pulling on it to get some expansion so it can come undone e asking questions and you know what that does that puts you in frontal cortex where you have half a chance of getting anything through in your saner brain E, asking questions. And then the F, just like in the speaker's role, the F is the framework. How are we going to now navigate what has just been said? Wow. That's very, very cool. The A to F hard. What do you call it? The hard? Hard AF, right? Hard yeah. as fuck. Right. Okay. <laughs> Conversation. Oh, yeah. There you go. 
Because I couldn't name it anything else. That yeah. is exactly what it is. Yeah. Wow. That's really good. The thing that I have a problem with is being the listener. I can't listen without yelling. That's my problem. <laughs> So I have to be a good listener. Big I have to problem. sit down and shut up and Big listen problem. to the, the A, B, and C before I can do my DEF because <laughs> my DEF comes well, after it, the first thing. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? If you're the speaker, well, you're going to be both over your lifetime. Right. But you know what? The speaker, just by knowing the formula, knows that he or she has got to stand in the fire hose of all those D's, yeah. all that amygdala of yeah. the listener. You've got something hard to say that that needs to be said, well, then you need to learn how to take the maturity to stand in the fire because we are going to not just flip each other off and walk away. We're going to unwind. We're going to pull this apart and we're going to find some kind of framework in a logical, which it's never logical, but at least we have some North Star. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, this was an amazing segment. Thank you for all that great advice. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. Just want to remind you that we're having an amazing discussion with Dr. Carrie O'Neill and her partner, Tom. And coming up next is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters. So stay tuned. All righty. You know Hito is one of our favorite places to go where we love hanging naked on the beach. People know it as Hito, Hito 2. It is actually Hedonism 2. It's a beautiful resort in Jamaica, and it is the sexiest place on earth where you can be as mild or as wild as you like. And we are absolutely so excited to tell everyone that we're going to be escaping winter 2021. We're going to be at Hedo from January 15th to March 26th. We'll be broadcasting on location, most probably naked. And we want to invite you to come on down, join us for a week or even more, and possibly even be a guest on one of our po- one of our podcasts. Now, we love everything about Hedo, from their delicious Jamaican food to the amazing and award-winning entertainment staff and all the sexy, fun, and erotic guests. So join us there when we get naked on the beach. You can go to thesexylifestyle.com and click on the Hedo link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. Absolutely. We just can't wait to be there. All right. You know we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. And as you know, we like getting down and dirty with our guests and asking some sexy, intimate, and per- personal questions. So we're not going to stop here. Hell no. I mean, <laughs> Carrie and Tom have already uh, uh-huh. enlightened us on some of their likes and um, sexual exploration. So I'm going to ask Tom, you know, you're you're with this, this vivacious woman who likes to be thrown on the bed and being taken and, you know... How did you, when did you start to become that person who could do that? Were you, as a youngster, like, did you start having sex when you were 15, 16? <laughs> no, I think I was a late bloomer when it comes to that. I didn't, I didn't lose my virginity, I think, until my 18th birthday. When did you get your first blowjob? Boy, uh, probably that, that first night I lost my virginity. Uh-huh. Mm, okay. Interesting. All right. And do yeah, you remember re- do you remember when you I, actually realized when when you had good sex cuz I'm sure that first time was not great at all. Do you for remember? a guy? It's always good sex. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Well then let, let me ask Dr. Carey then. Dr. Carey. No, no, you, let Tom answer. Well, let Tom answer. Do you remember when you had great sex the first for the first time? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, I, why did I hesitate? For, you know what? Sex really has been about power for me for the longest time. But when it was great sex, when it was healthy sex, when it was all about pleasure was in my 40s. And um, it was with that man who was lifestyle friendly and had background. He let me do anything I wanted. He said, have you ever given a blowjob for yourself, not the receiver? No. He's like, my dick is yours. Do it for you. Uh, Yeah, you know what? There's a lot of breakthroughs, but it wasn't until my early 40s. That's cool. That's all right. That's good. So, Tom, have you had a chance to think about it? Did you have great sex every single time, or do you remember when the first time happened? Oh, no, definitely. You know, I think your sexual skill set evolves over time. And, And for me, you know, I had a I had a chance to really accelerate my learning curve in my mid 20s. You know, I mentioned living downtown in Chicago, and you know, they're, um, uh, it was very carefree. It was the it was the mid '80s. Uh, every everybody was young and vibrant, and and I would say, 
just about everybody was pretty hedonistic. You know, we were living for, for joy, the joy in life. And, and uh, you know, you may recall a movie. There was a movie called About Last Night. It had Demi Moore and Rob Lowe and Jim Belushi. Well, well, that movie it was based on uh, David Mamet's hit Broadway play. It was called Sexual Perversity in Chicago. And <laughs> the movie, I mean, it was the spot-on depiction of our single life in Chicago. And, and uh, needless to say, the desire for sex drove a lot of mine and my peers' carnal behavior. And so we had a chance to really seep into pleasure and, and becoming better sexual partners and, and, and exploring. And so I, I'd say that's when I really All right, Tom, discovered Tom, great you, sex. You keep talking about your 20s, and we know that's been a while. <laughs> it's, Carol and mine, 20s are like way, way past. However, when we turned 50, our sex life hit a different gear, and we've never had better sex now th- than ever in our lives. You and Carrie have been together how long? Three years. Three years. Before Carrie... And forget about your 20s. Had you been in another swinging lifestyle, open type relationship? Uh, a couple of the girls that I dated before I met Carrie define their, their relationship style as open. Cool. You know, they were never going to be in a monogamous relationship. And, and so, you know, coming out of divorce, you know, you, you're kind of in a time warp for the, the 20 years raising kids and, and then you, you emerge and you're like, oh, you stick your head out of the ground and you're like, okay, what's going on around here? And, and you discover that, okay, they've got names for what I was doing back in yeah. my 20s. Right. So, know, so, so not- lifestyle, <laughs> swinging, poly, all these things. And I'm like, boy, this is a brave new world. I kind of like it. We're starting to dial this in. Right. Cool. So, so now you meet Carrie and mm-hmm. obviously you talk about the fact that you're both very open sexually. Tell us about the first time the two of you had sex, just the two of you. Mm. <laughs> you know what? I love this story. Can I tell it? Yeah, go for it. Um, I had taught a class. I was feeling really high. Uh, on, I had a lot of energy. And I was, we had not had sex yet. We were just dating. Um, I wanted to take my time with him. And I just had energy. So he said, come on over. First time over at his house. We went over. Uh, I went over, things progressed, and here's what happened, right? The next, not the next thing, it took our time, but when we got into the bed, now we're on the escalator, right? Let's let's get naked, let's start having, uh, you know, uh, cunnilingus, fellatio, whatever, and then intercourse. Well, that's not what I wanted to do that night, and okay, David, to your point, but you know what? He took his clothes off, and he's red hair and fair skin. I couldn't have picked Tom out of a stadium of men. Uh, that has never been on my radar screen. And had we not met on OK Cupid, we might not be together today. Interesting. But when he, yeah, when he got naked, he has red hair everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. And he's really uh, well built. And so, I mean, I even, he was on top of me and I said, you could hurt me. <laughs> He rolled right off and he goes, whoa, are we not on the same page here? So you know what? That was really good because my old, sometimes an ism can, when I'm feeling really vulnerable, sometimes it can flare up. He rolled right off. We talked. We connected with a check-in. And I told him, you know, I don't know a man like you. Can I just take my time? Like I've, I've had sex with a lot of people. It would not have been that big of a deal to have intercourse, but I said, can I just take my time and explore your body? And he was like, whoa! You know what, we were, we saw the sunrise, and he busted ass to get to work. So Carrie, I I love that story, and hopefully sometime in 2021 we're gonna meet. But I am also a redhead and fair-skinned. So when you get me naked, you're not going to have to explore <laughs> me. You can just take me and I'll let you go because you already know what it is to be with someone who's red-headed and fair-skinned. Oh, man, I'll tell you, it was cool as hell to know his body and to be with a man as if it were the first time. That's mm-hmm. very, very cool. I like that story a lot. So my, my next but question. But so many times we do just jump into it. I was just going to say, because that's what I like to do too. But so many times we forget 
to sit back and and appreciate and explore nice and slowly like that. So I love that story. So my next question is, now that you guys became a couple after poor and sexless relationships and marriages and so on and so forth, and you both talked about becoming, getting into the lifestyle and swinging, Carrie, what was it like the first time you saw Tom fuck another woman? I actually studied it, you know? There was a time that uh, when I saw it, I took a deep breath and I checked in with myself. Okay, how are you feeling? What's what's going on for you? Look at this, look at that. Um, it was good. It, I, I, I did what I do, which is study and check in and, and process. It was okay. All right, I'm gonna ask Tom the same question because Tom, now you found this vivacious sexual person who has this suitcase of sex toys and it's like, I got the jackpot and all of a sudden you're watching this other guy fuck her. How did that feel? You know, I, uh, for me, I, I've always enjoyed that. I've, I've had an element of compersion uh, in my DNA. And, and, and uh, so watching her seep into her pleasure and be pleasured is kind of erotic for me. And so, so, so for, for me, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a turn on for sure. We love watching each other getting fucked by other people because we never can see ourselves fucking each other. So it's almost like uh, live porn happening in front of us. But for us, I mean, you used a great word, compersion. Um, It's a huge turn on Mm -hmm, for us. mm -hmm, Absolutely. But I got to tell you, the very first time for me, I was, um, I did have to check in with myself. There was a little bit of jealousy just about to jump out and I caught it in time. I just found the very, very first time that I had a full view of some David fucking another woman where I wasn't, we were not playing together that particular time I was watching him and um, I realized that I do have to keep that in check and I have ever since so it's not something I, I, I didn't it never came out as jealousy it was just a fleeting moment but it was there and it just reminded me that we are human we're sharing our loved ones with other people yes you want them to have fun but it still takes a very strong person to allow your partner the one you love the most and cherish the most to 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 be shared so it's uh, it's very interesting so today we're talking about 2020 that we've just let go and um, I think we you know our last couple of shows we did were about being grateful and being thankful for the things that did happen to us that were good in 2020 and hopefully 2021 is going to be better and I have a mind full of fantasies that I'd like to fulfill. <laughs> yes. Carrie, what's a fantasy you'd like to um, fulfill or discuss in 2021 because all fantasies don't need to come true. Well, my universal fantasy is group play with no ramifications whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I think that's a real fantasy. But, you know, one that I want to do is I want to wear a belt with gloves and lubes and condoms and walk around and just get banged any fucking way I want to do it. <laughs> Even if it's finger banged by 25 people. Uh, I don't know. You know, I've never done that. Um, so there you go. That's why it's a fantasy. There it's just something go. I haven't done. What about you, Tom? Something you've been thinking about <laughs> that you might want to be able to do in 2021 once there's vaccines and you can get out there again safely? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've, I've been fantasizing about a, a threesome with two beautiful women where I'm kind of at my sexual best and I'm pleasuring both of them and, and getting to the point where they can simultaneously have a squirting orgasm and mm. drench me in their in their beautiful nectar of the gods. Mm-hmm. That would be, you know, that would be amazing. Wow, and that does full disclosure. Full disclosure: I've been having that fantasy about <laughs> Carrie and Carol. So. <laughs> there you go. You know what? You're, you're allowed. You're allowed. You know, good. it's it's all about. Um, <laughs> it's all, it's all about asking, right? You can ask, and yeah. uh, you hope it comes true. But um, before we get to the final question, Carrie, I know that um, you are a not only um, an educator, but you love to talk about squirting. Um, Carol and I, um, it's one of the things that um, really adds spice to our sex life. And we're going to invite you to come back to do a whole show on squirting later on in the year. And hopefully maybe you'll join us at Hedonism and we can you know, talk about it and do the show on location. But just talk a little bit about the basics of squirting and what's going to be in that video and workshop that you're going to put together. Oh, thank you. So in the lifestyle, squirting remains one of those quintessential 
essential sexual skill sets. You either do it, want to do it, wish you could do it. it. It's a party trick to some people. Uh, it's also very pleasurable to those of us that do it. So all to say, I did make a class on squirting. I definitely created a class for what people wanted. But believe me, I have couched it in what they really need. You need to understand the female arousal cycle. You need to understand what's going on for her. You need to understand her physiology. And in true mechanical engineering fashion, like I have a tendency to do, I mapped out the five hot spots in the vaginal canal. Uh, that you can Google it. Nobody's ever done that before. But I illustrate where the five hot spots are and your clit makes six. That's on the exterior. So you'll learn about arousal. You'll learn about your physiology. You'll learn about what is, where the magic comes from and that squirt is created because there's so many uh, questions. I think I answer, I think there's 52 questions that get answered directly that are the most popular related to squirting. We talk about methodologies, field tips, Field tips for success is worth the price of the course alone. <laughs> I've had a lot of women even say, I never knew my body until you told me what my body was about. So, uh, and, and you know what? It's the journey. If you get a squirting orgasm, which I really think you will, but even knowing that whether you have a vulva or you like to play with them, this is a course for everybody where everybody can learn a lot. Wow. Wow. And, you know, it'll be available, of course, on our website as well that they can click through and, and find that site um, on, on your site. They can find that course on your site. So that'll be amazing. I guess we're getting to the end of the show and we just want to sign off with a little bit of a summary, but also some final advice for our listeners. So Dr. Carey, what would you say uh, for a couple who's suffered a little bit of the stresses of COVID from 2020, what would be their top two things that they could do tonight even to help start them to regain some intimacy and enjoy some great sex with their partner? Thank you. I think for all of us, really reintegrating into our own bodies, and you can do it so easily through your five senses. Getting back into who you are will help all couples across the board. So um, getting into your own sensuality, taking time with what you smell, taste, see, touch. For the couple that has been under stress, I recommend bringing touch back. Bringing touch back, um, it's the first thing that goes when people are under stress. Just to, there's seven levels of touch. Sometimes people get them snarled up because they think if I touch her back, she's going to think I want sex. Um, my blog has a, a post on the different seven. Find some sort of, is it healing or helping or affectionate touch? But just start touching. The world can't have it right now, and the world really needs it. Um, and have those hard conversations. It's what's not being said between you that is really um, affecting your relationship. So find a way to bring it up because it, it helps everybody and it creates safety within the couple. Wow, what a great show. Unfortunately, we only have an hour, but um, we know that we are going to be back. We're going to be chatting about a whole bunch of other different fun, sexy things later on this year. Dr. Carrie O'Neill, thanks so much for sharing all that amazing information. Why don't you take a minute and tell everyone how they can find you online? I'm at Dr. Carrie O'Neill, D-R-C-A-R-I-O-N-E-A-L.com. I'm on Instagram and YouTube, as well as Facebook under Dr. Carrie O'Neill. Beautiful. And of course, if you missed any of that information, you just have to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests have their own guest page with all their information. And you can even contact them straight from there. And we'll, you'll see some of their podcasts and, of course, links back to your website as well. Absolutely. And, you know, we're learning more and more every week from all our sexpert guests, like we did today with Dr. Carrie O'Neill. And we hope you do, too. And if you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. And remember to stay safe and healthy and follow all the suggested protocols issued by your local health authorities. Remember to wash your hands, avoid touching your face, practice social distancing, and please wear a mask. Please, please, please wear a mask, wear a mask, wear a mask. All right. Wow. The end of another great show with another amazing guest, Dr. Carrie O'Neill and Tom. Thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you. Thank you. And of course, getting to know you. <laughs> uh, great getting to know you as well. And every week we want to thank all our listeners for being there week in and week out. And join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. And once again, we want to thank everyone for being there for four years. Great shows, a million listeners, 69 countries. And uh, we couldn't have done it without you. And you know what? That's it for our show today. Carol and I are sending you lots of love, great sex, and please, please, please stay safe. And of course, stay sexy. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 